Well, it appears as if the Sixers knew the Ricky Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast was coming back this week, and that is why they're on a tear. I'm Spike Eskin with Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com, who has just really disgustingly cleared his <laughs> phlegm for this podcast. Hey, happy new year. Happy new year to you, too. I was thinking maybe, maybe not every week, because it would be annoying to you every week. It's annoying enough to have me call you it or very early your time every week, but I would love to wake you up on the podcast, like already being recorded. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because you sound, everyone knows that you sound like tired at the beginning of the pod anyway, but they don't get the very, very most tired, like (laughs) pre P pre phlegm Mike Levin at the beginning of the podcast. That is kind of special for you though, buddy. What's that? That's kind of special for you. Yeah, it's my own little extra podcast. It's it's like it's like the bonus footage on a DVD. So we return after the the holiday week off with the Sixers having won three. Can I ask what you did for New Year's Eve? Anything special? Are you still the age where New Year's Eve is something that you like to make yeah. a big deal out of? Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, Catalina Island with uh, my friend's friend who is uh, very wealthy. Ooh. And there, there were about uh, 24 of us, I think. And they have, like, villas on this island, like, overlooking the water. It was absolutely ridiculous. Oh. Well, I it's got different. sushi and went to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's different. That's not as cool. You lose this one. Whatever. <laughs> Just because was I don't it, have... Was it, was it with fiance? What's that? Was it with fiance? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day about, or was, was it last night? I was talking last night about it, about a, another gentleman that has a, is not engaged, but has a very committed, like, long-term girlfriend. And he was, he went to, I know you don't live here anymore, but do you know what the Piazza is in Northern Liberties? Do you know what that is? Vaguely. Uh, okay, so it's just this area. Can you make sure you're talking into the phone? I felt like I lost you. Are you there? What? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So anyway, it's this area in Northern Liberties where there's a, it, it's like a an apartment complex sort of, but there's a bunch of bars and it's an outdoor area, but it's tented and it's warm. And I'm sure it was like seventy five dollars or a hundred dollars to go. You know, you, you know the normal New Year's Eve, all you can drink, blah 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 blah, sure. blah blah. So and he was saying that like when you when you have when you're in a relationship like that, the idea of being at something like that sounds much better than it is because once you get there it's like you're not looking for a girl like so so that is already out the window and you're surrounded by hundreds of strangers (laughs) which which is not a fun time anyway so what we did was like we just went to you know went to a restaurant went to a bar that we thought would be quiet at least until 11 or 11 30 drank played mega touch left at 11 45 to spend midnight at home because like Really, as it got more crowded, I just got more annoyed. Like I, I'm past the point where that serves any purpose to me whatsoever. Yeah. You know? No, I hear. Yeah, I hear. No, and I, I think uh, you know, being single definitely. Yeah. Uh, makes that more makes going out and doing stuff more appealing. Yeah, I was sure. in I was in uh, Philadelphia for a week. And did you do any? I was there. And you you missed the you missed it's eight degrees today or something. I know. Like I I missed the snow, and I I was still. Uh, you know, embattled by the cold, 
compared to what it's like out here. Yeah, well, I mean, what it's like, my brother lives out there now, and right. he's, he's lived out there for, aside from two years in New York, he's lived out there for like uh, over a decade, and he, like, he is a complete pussy when it comes to the cold now. He grew up here and, and yeah. dealt with it, but it just, it makes you soft being out there. Yeah, well, here's what happened. I grew up there and went to Ithaca. Your brother went to USC, right? Right, 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 yeah. So he he got out. I went, I went, grew up in Philadelphia, went to Ithaca, and then I was just like, you know, fuck this. Yeah. I'm done. Like, I did, I did it. Like, I did it. I have no more fucks to give. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live where it's warm. Because why the fuck not? Yeah. Well, and, I was uh, when I'm home, I'm gonna I'm gonna bitch to people. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm going to complain like a little girl because I like it when it's warm outside and I can wear shorties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said to I had an opportunity in between working at WISP and working at at CBS Radio, like doing sports, WIP, all the the different things I do here. But I had an opportunity to work in Los Angeles. And at the time, you know, she eventually agreed to it. But at the time, my fiance, then girlfriend, was really like against moving out there. But she hates the cold. So every time it's like this, I say to her, what was your problem with moving to L.A.? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. We were the, it's all, At worst, it's 48. Like your very, very worst case scenario at night once in a while, like it, it can get to mid 40s. I was like, but you're talking about 70 degrees every day. What was your problem? Why did you make that so difficult? So I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. So uh, I did get to see Dave Ruder throw up, which uh, was pretty great. There you go. What kind of a puker yeah, is he? Is he? A, I'm a whiny, cry puker. Like I get sad and scared. No, he he threw up behind a, behind a uh, a mailbox and uh, powered through and then did some karaoke. Oh well. So he's that's, he's a champ puker. Yeah. No. Uh, he might be you know close and hard on thirty, but you know, but me and Tanner get him out. He uh, he sucks it up. Well, uh, thirty is the new twenty, as they say, which is entirely untrue. So, <laughs> sixers, sixers things, it? right? So, you know, here are the the few things that I want to make sure, like I like to tease what we're going to talk about coming up. We will have a new edition of the Jigsaw. I do at least want to touch on the the thing that that Zach Lowe broke last week and Michael Bauman wrote about on Liberty Ballers. The the potential, you know, change to the lottery system, the wheel thing, which has been talked to death, but I haven't talked to you about it. So um want to talk about uh, some, you know, whether any of the Sixers, there's a, a 700 level post this week about any Sixers deserving of all-star consideration. We're going to talk about the improved play of Thaddeus Young. Of course, talk about the the three straight road wins for the Sixers, which is unbelievable until you realize who they've played on those three straight road <laughs> wins. And But before I get to that, I just want to talk to you about a general Sixers thing that I have going on, and maybe I could use your counseling on it, if, if that's okay. Please. I think maybe part of it is now— I, I, of course, have to pay attention to all the sports here in Philadelphia because of my job, Ex- except for hockey, which I barely pay attention to. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of ruining the day that the, the Eagles are out of the playoffs because it means I'm going to have to pay attention to the Flyers. So, And I don't have a problem with the Flyers or hockey in general. I just don't feel like it. You know, I only have enough room in my brain. But, but what I felt like, and maybe again, maybe it's because the Eagles have, been, have, have overtaken what I have to do for work work. And it has been exciting, you know, being that this hasn't happened in a while. But, like, I I feel sort of, and maybe it's because we had all that trade talk and then nothing happened. 
but I've been sort of bored with the Sixers. Like, yeah. I watch it, and I'm just sort of like, you know, that that thing we had at the beginning of the season. Like, forget even about the wins, but we had all these new guys, right, like, to look at, even if they were sucky. Mm-hmm. Like, Brandon Davies. Like, ha, ah, there's Brandon Davies or Hollis Thompson. You're like, who the hell's this guy? But But now, once I know all the guys, and, you know, Elliot Williams is still hanging around, and... Lorenzo Brown is here once every, you know, 10 days or something like that. Like, I don't get excited for the guys any anymore, and I'm sort of bored. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They're, they're, a bad, okay. they're a bad team. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, you, you, you don't watch all the games, right? I Well, well okay, so I watch... The reason you don't, I mean, I don't watch all the games. I told you this. Well, but okay, but here's what I do. The games that I don't watch, I DVR, and I, oh. like, I speed through. So I spend oh, I spend okay. I spend a half hour forty minutes like seeing what happened. Okay. Is that I shouldn't do yeah, that either. Highlights are fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's better than two minutes instead. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like watching the highlight package because when you're watching and and no offense to CSN but when you're watching a CSN highlight package because they're like it's only the good stuff you know like pre and post sure. I would watch post game but it's only. Like, like they don't really tear into him that much. By the way, Aaron McKee I saw in post game was actually really, really good. It was the first time I'd seen him on TV, and well, and he was good. He, I thought, but he, but he said he doesn't like Thaddeus Young shooting threes, which is very Doug Collins of him. Right. Well, right. And let's. I, I I know that, but let's not. Apparently wrong. But he. Okay, fine. He Go did ahead. make. He was good on television, which I think they have a problem with post game with whoever the former player is. Like being good on well, television is not an easy thing. The lineup's pretty, pretty old and bad, and well, and, and when they and doesn't really know anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to rip anybody. I know that's why I'm like slowly crawling into insults right now. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that. I just forget about Aaron McKee. Let's let's make pretend we did. I didn't even say that. I don't want to talk about. <laughs> I just, I'm, I, I just need them to trade somebody, trade somebody, or, or, yeah. or cut somebody and bring somebody new. Yeah. But like, it's for even for us who yeah. are are entertained by the dumbest of things. I know it's a little no, it's, boring. This is this is beautiful to see you, you like wanting this breaking. Like, <laughs> yeah, you breaking. Uh, well, there's there is forty eight days until the trade deadline. As of today, forty-eight. Okay, and uh, something is going to happen at some point. I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, they're they're not bad enough. Yeah, that's that's what it is right now, and I don't think it's because I think they came into the season, you know, with the right idea and the right talent level. Teams have just gotten hurt and like discombobulated, and the exciting teams are still good, but the bad teams, I mean, there's a lot of them. And that was people's concern, you know, right off the bat. But some teams just haven't gotten better. Like you expected the Cavs to be a lot better. You right. expected, you know, New York and Brooklyn to be better. Well, they, I mean, even the Cat, even the Kings, you just like like be better. Like you've good. There are good players in your team be better at basketball. And, uh, you know, they're just... Denver sucks. I always need fucking Denver sucks. But, uh, you know, I think... I still think teams will put it together. You know, there are... I think, like, 
eight teams that have won 11 games or less. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. I mean, there's a lot of teams. The Sixers, the Nets, the Knicks, 11-11-10. The Magic with 10. The Cavs with 11. The Bucks with 7, of course. The Jazz with 11. The Jazz have played much better of late. I love the Jazz. Yeah, 5-5. Five and five. Five and five in their last ten, they won two in a row. They're going to win more than the Sixers are, and then the Kings yep. there with ten. So, and and then there are a, a bunch of teams with thirteen, you know, fourteen, you know, which you know teams within bad striking distance. Also, team, yeah. you know, those are teams within good striking distance too, but they're also within, you know, they're teams that are not. It's not impossible that the Grizzlies wind up over five hundred, you know, or the Pelicans wind up over five hundred, and they're they're yep. in that fourteen. Win. But it's just yeah, there are a lot of bad teams. So you know, there's not. There's not that separation, at least record-wise, even though the Sixers are really bad. And you know, to be quite honest with you, with this many bad teams, and especially with the Nets and the Knicks being being bad too, teams like that being bad, I don't know that it's possible. You know, and they'll they'll trade these guys, but it seems like it's really really hard this year to be worse than everybody else and still have like you look at the Celtics at thirteen and nineteen. The Celtics don't. Like, there's nobody good right now on the Celtics, you know? It just feels like even the bad teams are winning games now, too. Like, there's a, just a giant glut at the bottom there. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's the sad days. And, you know, in terms of boredom, it's like, yeah, it's early January. This is this is, this is is the slog of the NBA season. Right. And it's like, you know, we have to get through, we get through January, and then it's like, hey, trade deadline. And then it's like, hey, March Madness and prospects and stuff. And then you come back from March Madness, and it's like, hey, prospects and stuff. Yeah. Uh, coming in and, like, uh, draft lottery positioning. So we're almost there. We get through January, and then it's, I think it's pretty much smooth sailing because your interests will be peaked in various other areas, even if the Sixers are still, you know, the Sixers. Um I think I think I honestly like people were talking about it online on, on Liberty Ballers. Um, I just an online like where else would people be talking about it? Yeah. Like, no, what's Twitter? Yeah, people um, people were talking about it at the water cooler, right? At at how I met I, your mother. <laughs> although I did have a conversation with a guy at New Year's who I'd never met who read posting and toasting, which is the SBA's mix block. I'd never met him before, and we talked and stuff. Uh, and I had like an actual sports conversation with a stranger that I had never talked to that I agreed with, which just never happens. And maybe it's because he reads an SBN blog, but I'm like, okay, like you get it. But it was very like surreal because people are idiots. Sports fans are even more idiots. A, a quick uh, mention, by the way, another uh, the second rights well the second non Mike Levin rights to Ricky Sanchez mention on WIP happened. It was whoa. on. When was I hosting with Ike? On Monday, I was on with Ike. I had never been on the midday before, so it was me and Ike. And the the show was 100% Eagles, because it was the day after the Cowboys game, except for a, a quick Bynum mention. And so, uh, I think it was Chris, a guy named Chris called up and said, opened the conversation up with, hey, Spike, RTRS listener here. I know I can't... <laughs> then he goes, I know I can't talk e- Sixers. I just wanted to say that. I'll, we'll talk Eagles. And I was just like, like it was so quick... 
And it, it's like I can't, I could, I just had to let it go. I couldn't like focus on it, but okay. but because I'm sure Ike doesn't even know about the podcast, yeah. so like I would have had to explain it to him too, and so I just let it go. But it was good to get another mention. So 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 the the, the winning streak itself. You want to talk about the the streak itself, or do you want to talk about Thad? Because Thad has played fantastic of late. So well, let's talk about Thad, and let's you know give some credit to Jake Fisher and Liberty Ballers for you know spurring him. On to this. He's he's averaging like 27 over the past six yeah. or seven games. Yeah, 26 and a half. And, the, and can I be uh, uh, like honest with you here? I think, and I maybe you'll think this is crazy because if this wasn't the Sixers and if it wasn't you guys, like if, if this was me saying like Gordon Hayward is playing way better since that jazz blog said he wanted to get traded, <laughs> you would like, you would laugh at me for days, you know, and call me stupid. But I do think there is something to him being confronted in the media about it, about, hey, like people are now questioning your desire to play basketball here. Yeah. You know, I think. And and who knows how long it'll last, and who knows how how much connected it is. But if if you don't, Thaddeus Young is a nice, sensitive, aware guy, and that is why you don't hear very much from him in the press and in interviews. He's pretty straightforward. He's pretty like he's pretty even tempered because he doesn't. I don't think he wants to engage like that because I think his way of controlling his emotions is is by not you know by not engaging in that way and i think when this came out which was legitimately the first time any sort of negative story has ever come out if you want to construe it as negative and i think it's possible and fair to do that if you want to but this is the first time he's ever faced anything like that and i think there was a little to this you know even he was probably at the point where it was hard to come to work every day and maybe yeah. maybe this gave him a little bit of a, a kickstart yeah and uh have we talked have we have we done a Oh, Ricky, since since that report came out, no, I don't think so. Okay, yeah. yeah well, I, well, let's talk about that, I guess. Yeah, um, it, I'm 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 glad he's playing well. I I agree that he's a great guy. We had uh, we had a lot of talks in, uh, internally, um, internally, like we're like a big company. Uh, <laughs> Me and Jake, between the, <laughs> between, the, between like the, actually between all of us, um, you know, do we go out with this? Because um, I I I was confident in. And Jake, uh, he wouldn't have come to us if he wasn't sure. And, you know, we checked it and, um, it's like, you know, what are, are we a, a blog that just, you know, writes about fart jokes and occasionally talks about sixes or are we and more, more to the point, are we fans of the team or are we journalists? Um, I personally, uh, I would have said before this year, I don't consider myself either, but now that, now that it's hinky, I would say that I'm, I'm a fan with like a with with a you know I think a point of view, right. um, and certainly not a journalist because I'm an idiot and I just this is fun and uh, I don't take it seriously. Jake, right. however, wants a career in this and will ha- and has one and will have a better one. Uh, so I so I, this is like you know this is good for his career. This is good for him learning and stuff. And um, so we went with it and we've we've got we got some. Uh, flax people people came to us and was like that's shitty like why would you lower sad trade value it's like well we're not affiliated with Sixers yeah we didn't you lower that trade value and yeah. and and let me let not not me and that not we and that I'm part of Liberty Ballers but let me say as an independent party here and you don't have to comment one way or the other but like like people think that Jake was like like 
snooping on Thad's text messages and going with like, like I will just say this, that any time you see any report like this in the media, it's because somebody wanted somebody else to know. You know, like these things do not wind up in the media by accident. They just don't. Like when you hear about trade reports in the media, when you hear about these things, most times, and this says, um, I don't know where Jake, Jake got his report. I'm not saying I did. I, I've never spoken to Jake about where he got his report. So I'm not saying he did. But like 80% or 85% of the things that you read in the media are from agents. Like they just are. Like teams, GMs do not, like rarely, it's usually pretty transparent when it is, but GMs are rarely leaking things to the media. It's mostly agents. So like, so when you're when you're reading these things and you're saying how could you guys do that to Thad or do that to the team or you know how are you lowering his trade value like like the Sixers and Thad's camp should worry about his trade value you as a, a blog or or like us or whatever like if we can control Thad's trade value like the NBA is in it and the Sixers and Thad are on a shit ton of trouble I think so. You know, these things come out all the time and it's it settled down by now. And I don't think, you know, I don't think it really has an effect anymore. So that's just my, my like little thing that I'm throwing out there. I agree. And, yeah. you know, if the Sixers would, uh, you know, involve us and stuff, then we'd be different. Like if, if it was like we were affiliated with the team, if we were, you know, Dave Spadaro, uh, it'd be different. Like if they gave us, if they gave us more, if we had more of a relationship. Yeah. Where, uh, where they're dependent on us, we're dependent on them, which I think is the case anyway. But if there was more of an official element there, uh, then it'd be different, and we'd we'd you know have to talk about it more. But at this point, you know, we talk to some of their players. We have a couple sources in there. I think he's been on the podcast. Um, but other than that, it's you know. Yeah, and I like it that way. That's what I yeah. honestly like. What I like about sports radio, as opposed to. You know, when I'm doing, because I sort of have my hand in all of those things. But what I like about sports radio, instead of like being a beat reporter, is that I'm beholden to no one. You know, yeah. like, like, I, you, you want, this is honesty. Now, you might not be getting like inside locker room talk. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as, as like that I've told you, when 99 times out of 100, when I hear things and I do hear things, I don't say anything about them because yeah. I, I would just rather know. You know, I would rather know from my own personal, like when I'm constructing my own opinion about things, I would rather have a lot of information. But like, you know, a lot of times my job, my job isn't breaking stories. So like, what do I even want to get involved in that? And then, so I don't know. So you, I think you guys did the right thing. And I think honestly, if you didn't go with it because you're like, because you guys had decided this isn't what we are, then, then fine. Like if it wasn't Jake there, if it was, if it was somebody else, if it was you, if somebody texted you and was like, Hey, I'm hearing this thing about Thad. And you're like, well, what what do I want to do? Like, I don't want to break this. It's nice to know, but I don't want to break this story. So it's all like, it's a, it's, it's a more complicated answer and a more complicated decision than I think people think of it. Yeah. Well, we've, we've got this serious right now. So I will break away from that by saying uh, it was hot in my bed, so now I'm not wearing any clothes. Wait, what? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not wearing any clothes. Like, I just give me a heads up. Your phone got a little weird. Your phone keeps getting a little weird. Are you moving? Oh, out sorry. Out? There we go. No, I got not. Well, I said I'm not wearing any clothes. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, I got that. So, I got yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I got an iPhone, so it should theoretically now have better reception. Be. Without clothes? 
Well, yeah, without, I don't know if the clothes have an issue, but I mean, my shitty other phone <laughs> okay. should be better. Okay, all right. Better, so, better horizons, more naked horizons, <laughs> all this good stuff. Like, so why don't, all, the, all the good stuff. Why, why don't we talk about Thad's, Thad's play now, now that we've talked about the, the trade yeah. thing. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. He just looks more engaged to me, to be honest with you. He, he looks like he's working harder to do the things that he's good at. Of course, he went on a streak of three-point shooting, which I can't give Jay credit for. <laughs> that is sort of, was sort of unprecedented for him, you know? No, it was sort of like an, an Angels in the Outfield thing, where Jake and I were, you know, guiding this. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, but I mean, he looks, he's looked great. And I, I think whatever, Harm, I you know I think I do think a lot of guys I think guys trade value can sway based on a ten game swing depending on who is yeah. who's particularly needy at the time you know Absolutely. I think that can happen so there's just like Thad um, I think the Sixers without Thad are a worse team than the Sixers without Michael Carter Williams oh really right now right now right now right the second yeah um, just because. Man, Spencer Hawes, love him. You know I do. He just doesn't play any defense. No. Oh man, like he's gotten worse at defense yeah. over the course of the past. I mean, I think he's gotten better uh, timing. You know, weak side shot blocking, which is cool. Um, but the pick and roll defense is bad. It's oh, like it's and, really and, and, bad. And inside, it's just he's just getting bullied by guys. I think maybe like the the Brett Brown diet has you know made him skinnier. And less like me, like he's still in shape, but um, I don't know. He's I mean, he doesn't play defense. He gets, he gets bullied by Miles Plumley, by Robert Sacra. It's like it's not it's not good. So I think you take that away, and you know what's your front court? Yeah, I mean it, it may be the guy you trade him for, but uh, I mean Lavoy actually has, who has played well the past few nights, Lavoy Allen. Um. But like, is it Lavoy? Is it? Do we finally get Moultrie back? Yeah, well, I mean, he he should be back. To be, you know, we're, we're, I, I would assume this month he'll be back, and you know, he is what he's certainly not Thad, even in the the best case scenario. No, right I mean, he, he's not a good. He's not quick enough to to defend for us. Um, so I I think I think you know, you have Roden as a as a ready made replacement for MCW, who is not as as close to as good of a floor general and leader as he is right now. But uh, but I think Thad, the Sixers' defense is so bad that if you take away its best defender uh, relatively to their replacement, because I think NCW wrote and Thad said no one, um, that it'll just break and they won't stop anyone. They'll never stop anyone. <laughs> they'll they'll simply never stop anyone uh, unless NCW still something. Um, so. I love what I'm seeing. I mean, I, I love I, he. He looks really good and engaged, and I like I like that he's taking out the shots. Um, the game after that happened, he had this play where he came from across the court to get this loose ball that was going out of bounds. The game they won. The, 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 the that night, the trade thing happened, um, and it was just such a sad play. And it seemed like he finally like, woke up from the season. Right. Earlier, it was like. Um, you know, he's, that's had so many coaches 
he had so many coaches in his career, and he's, yeah. he's just been like a, a good soldier, just like a good guy the whole time. He's just bummed because of a shitty situation, you know, for yeah. him. It's just shitty, you know. You're you've been in the league seven years, you know. You have five different coaches. All of a sudden, teams rebuilding, and it's just like, you know, I, I've heard enough of like, well, he's, you know, with any guy. Well, I think of it two ways. First of all, I don't want to hear, well, he's getting paid XXX so he can't have human feelings. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He's still, like, he's in that situation. So you have to think about it within the context of that situation, not within the context of making, you know, 38 grand a year doing whatever you're doing. You you live different lives, so you have different problems. Now, now, I I still think he should try hard and, like, you know, and, you know, not be a pain in the ass, but... But that said, like you know, it it it's it's a shitty situation to wake up one day and you know your team is everyone's talking about you guys winning eight games in the whole year. It sucks. You Speaking know? of which, they've now won eleven games. I know, unbelievable. Which, which means, in order for my preseason prediction to be right, they would have to lose the next thirty, fifty, <laughs> fifty. I mean, lose the next fifty. So, I, I think I had you know, 17. Run, I think I had 16 or 17. I'll have to go back and look. So I'm I'm still sort of safe at least. By the way, real quick thing, you mentioned them being worse off without Thad as a as opposed to MCW. As Jake Fisher pointed out in his recap of last night's game, Sixers are 10 and 11 with Michael Carter Williams, 1 yeah. and 10 without him. That's unbelievable. And there needs to be context there. Yeah. There, yeah. there needs to be more context because the the, the some of the teams they've beaten have been, you know, aside from the early three games, and even Wade didn't play in the Miami game. Just like they've beaten teams when their best players or good players aren't playing, or you know, the Nuggets on a seven-game losing streak when they're. So, I mean, it's 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 more than just, you know, I think that the the teams. I, I forget who wrote about. It. I think it was Sean in one of the comments um, said like. The teams they beat, the teams they played when MCW was healthy, had a combined winning percentage of like 450. And the teams they played when he was hurt were like 540. And so that's like, I think it was the difference between playing the Hawks and the Bobcats every night. So it's like, you know, it's sizable. It's a, it's a change. Um, I, I think so the it's difference... More just, it's more than just their, they're a 500 team with MCW and they're atrocious without them. Uh, I think the gap is narrower, but um, you know he's good and they're better with him clearly. Yeah, it still is significant. You know, it's a definitely a significant yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, something I noticed last night went and counted when I saw that the the Warriors went and beat the Heat. Do you know the Warriors are sixteen and six with Iguodala, five and seven yeah. without him? That's unbelievable. I like he love Andre. I was yeah. trying to decide who is the. Not the best second best player, because then you have like Westbrook, but like the most valuable second best player who doesn't think he's the best player, you know? Mm-hmm. And I came down to like probably Igadala or Hibbert. Like those are the two guys like that are that I feel like the team that their teams like have the most significant drop off without them there. You know, I think Hibbert is definitely the second best player in the Pacers, but they're definitely nowhere near the team they are without Hibbert. But, the, you know, the Warriors, and look at the difference in Denver. Like, look at the difference in Denver before and after Iguodala and with Iguodala. They won 57 yeah. games with Iguodala there. 57. They were 38 and, and 3 in home. And George, and George Kyle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. but even the year before, yeah. you know, I don't know. It, it's definitely significant. So. It's amazing that people don't, and we don't have to talk about it because we've 
everyone's done it. Yeah. It's amazing that people still don't give him credit for being an excellent basketball player. Yeah. It's amazing. It really, really is amazing. And, like, you put somebody in a role that's not what they should be, and you expect something, and then, well, it's like, well, then they're not good. They're not, they're, maybe, maybe they're good, but, you know, not worth that money. He is worth that money, just not on this team. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. He was worth, he's worth a lot of money, just not on a team where he's expected to be the best player. And, you know, his second best player is an old broken down Elton Brand. So, what else do we have here? So, uh, the three-game win streak, again, came over a terrible Lakers team, a, a just an atrocious Nuggets team, way more atrocious than their record, and in a, a pretty bad Sacramento team. Um, I was hoping for a lot for a loss last night. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, you would have been really both. nice, especially since a lot of tanking teams won. Yeah, yeah, I was hoping for a loss. But, like, I, I also can't blame them for beating, like, another horrible team. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's two bad teams. So, how do do I say Untenberger? Is that how I say Andrew's last name? I don't, I've never like said his name in. Uh, I, th- I think it's just Unterberger. Unterberger. Okay, wrote a you know a which a, a really good piece on seven hundred level on which Sixers have a chance at making the All Star team, and mm-hmm. the guy that he had as the most likely. You know, he talked about Thad as you know he he did a, a positive and negative case in the verdict. So he did positive, negative, and verdict on Evan. And his verdict was no, probably not. Um, I think you could make a case that Evan Turner is the fourth best, fourth best player on a, t- on a horrible team. I think I yeah. you, you could make the case that he's fourth best, right? That he's behind Thad, MCW, and Spencer. Yeah, it's, you could you could make. It's, it's interesting because the counting stats have helped all of them, and I, and I, won't, yeah. I won't tell you that too much. But I think you can make a case for all four of them to legitimately make the All Star team. Yeah. Now the one he came up with that was the the most likely was MCW. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, Let's put your preseason I, prediction to the side for one moment and, <laughs> and talk in a vacuum of of Sixers All Star. I I always have an agenda, Spike. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I would say maybe Spencer. Although okay. his, although his numbers have, have tailed off a bit, yeah, I would say maybe Spencer just because the center position is weaker. Now they do do um, like front court, back court, and they didn't used to right, do that. Right, no, you're right. Yeah, um, I don't know, but I don't know if it makes a difference. Uh, although the point guard position is pretty weak, also now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, with Rose uh, out and Rondo out, and yeah. uh, Irving not really having a, a great season. He's. Uh, I think if you ask the Sixers, uh, th- here's an interesting question. I, I think you know it's a toss up. I think. Uh, in terms of MVP, like who's more valuable to the team, it's uh, it's Carter Williams. Um, but here's an interesting question: who do you, who do you think the Sixers want to make the All Star team the most? MCW, not even close. M- more than the other guys to raise their, raise their trade value. Yeah, yeah. Only because you know, I, I think, I think one thing. Look, if you're asking me who the Sixers think, I think that's a, a loaded question and that there's a lot of people that think a lot of things with the Sixers. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not just thinking hinky. I'm thinking organization in general. And I think the organization in general, I think even hinky included, like the idea that they would have a rookie all-star would yeah. be significant to them. And I think it, it makes more of a significant difference than Turner making the all-star team when, like, eight of the best guards in the East are injured this year, you know, like some mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, also ran all-star thing. So that I, agree. Would, I agree. You you agree overall? Although, yeah. although if you think about it, 
say say Turner makes it, or Spencer makes it, or Thad makes it, and then they get traded. That would mean three consecutive years where the Sixers have an All Star <laughs> and traded them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the more I see Thad, the more like you know I I know he wants to get traded, but like I, you know I want him out. I want him out for him. I think not only even if he didn't want to get traded, I would still want him out because he's so good. And would be so nice on an actual good team. I just you know, think of him even his rookie year when he was a rookie or sophomore year in that ma- in that Magic series back in the day. Yeah, uh, like that was the Sixers were bad, you know, not not bad, but not great. And like as his role, I mean, he's still that role, only just so good and so like such a thoughtful basketball player. Like it's 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 a pleasure to watch him, and I would I would treasure the opportunity to watch him on an actually good team. One thing I want to note, because there is some usual... I was going to pick out... I, I'm thinking about, and I'd have to run this by you, obviously. I was thinking about a internet comment of the week segment. Of I was, I was looking through the comments on the game recap this morning on Liberty Ballers. And, like, some of them, like, you could... We could have a field day with comments. But, like, a little of the, like, I can't believe this organization. Why haven't they traded anyone yet? It's pretty, which, is what, which is what you said at the, at the top of the podcast. Well, no, but it, not in a real way, but in an exasperated way. There, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Nobody's gotten traded. Nobody. They're like It's really amazing how little the – there have how, how few NBA trades there have been. And even right around that the, – the, not the deadline. The deadline's a real word, but like the starting line point that you had talked about when the only thing really being discussed was a chic – and the, the hot rumor in the last few days is that the Lakers trading for Bynum so they can cut him and save money. <laughs> you know, it's been a real. It's been a so. You before you, before you criticize the Sixers for not trading anyone, just realize that it's it it no, must. Yeah. It's a. I think a lot of teams are still figuring out whether they're good or not. You know, whether they mm-hmm. want to trade future assets, and like it's going to be a tough year with everyone valuing the draft the way that they do too. Yeah. So, so it's it's a lot of things, and I think. Both of those are big things. Um, there aren't that many picks to trade uh, in keeping with your value in the draft, and even the picks that aren't available, picks that are available, are people you know holding them in. Yep. Um, but also, like, here's my: there aren't many dumb GMs anymore. Right. There aren't many teams that are just like run by incompetent people, and the teams that are run by incompetent people. Are handcuffed and yeah. don't have assets. Um, there's not that many teams. I mean, maybe like Cleveland will do something stupid. Um, Washington's always up for something dumb. Uh, but it's just like what? It's a it's a weird landscape where everybody's like sort of looking at their cards. Everybody's like got like you know Queen Jack, and you're like, I think, I think this is. I think I'm going to go forward with this. Like, I think this is good enough, man. And so nobody wants to really do anything. It's sort of just like, uh, can everyone like keeps gesturing to their chips, but nobody was really like making a move. Um, it's, a, it's, I mean, you know, I'm inferring an awful lot since I'm not involved in any GM phone calls. I'm sure phone calls are being made and, you know, things are close to happening and then not close to happening and close to happening. It comes in waves. Yeah. I'm sure. But it's fun to imagine everyone, all 30 teams, it's a round table. Just sort of looking at each other, just like all like sort of with, with an askance, like just sideways, 
uh, and just everyone just holding their players in, holding their picks in, being like, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's fun. Something's going to happen. You know, teams are, owners are going to get antsy, and the bottom line's going to gonna get ugly. Um, let's talk about this for a second. Uh, the Sixers are the second lowest attendance in the league. How about is that percent or or total number? Percent, percent, percent capacity. Wow. Second, the the worst is uh, is Detroit. That's and pretty surprising. Well, no, it's been bad there for a while, and they're yeah. weird. And they're trying to win. They're trying yeah. to win. Which is rough. Um, it's a legitimate concern. Like you know, we, there's no there's no reason to say this other than owners like making money, um, and a lot of it. I haven't heard anything. There's nothing to indicate, but you know. Josh Harris could be just like it's, it's happened before. Like, let's win. Let's make the playoffs. I, I don't think so. Let's do it. I don't think so either. I, I don't, and especially not this year. I don't think so. But he could curtail the tanking, you know, seasons of it uh, because it's just like he's tired of losing. Yeah. It's not. I mean. You heard, you heard stuff. I mean, this could be, you know, PR jargon and just talking and talking. But they said that they caught the winning itch a couple of years ago. You remember, you remember like that? Yeah. That was something they talked about. And they were just like obsessed with winning. And uh, I don't know how real that was. You know, maybe it, maybe it was legitimate and, and maybe this is this season is awful for them. Uh, or maybe it's like better than expected for them because they're not losing as much, but... Um, it's a it's a weird landscape of the NBA, and patience is so key, um, specifically for the the, the organization. Um, although the team chill team chill battles are still going on internally at Liberty Ballers, which is fun. Well, I, Jake's recap he had the headline was panic, and then he said he was firmly on team chill. It's like, hey, buddy, <laughs> you're gonna have to sit on one side of that fence. You're either panicking or you're not panicking. I think I think one thing that will help in, and I don't disagree, that is something to at least keep your eye on with the Sixers and Harris and whether they decide to go win. It's a few things. Is is A, the amount of trust and um, commitment I, th- I believe they must have shown Hinky for him to come here and do this, given the, yeah. the situation he was in and what he wants to do. I think... The other thing to remember that helps our cause in 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 doing the right thing is that this Josh Harris was around for those you know you know winning itch years or when they decided they just wanted to make the playoffs and and nobody went to the, the games then either so you know like like I think he has been here long enough even though it's not that long to know that like in Philadelphia like. A forty-two and forty team is not going to draw. You know, a forty-five and thirty-seven team without like promise of better is not going to draw either. Like, Absolutely. you're going to have to be awesome. So hopefully, he keeps that in his you, in his brain. Do you think there's a chance that you know the Sixers are one of the teams being talked about as a contraction? No. Or the idea that uh, you know move to move to Newark? N- uh, no. I, I well, okay. There's no way they would contract the Sixers. Not in a million years. And honestly, I don't believe the league would ever contract. I, it's just like they lose. It's basically saying, hey, do you want less money? Yeah, okay, we're good. 
like there's that's why leagues don't contract. It's just all they're doing is trying to get bigger. So no, I don't believe contraction is is a, a viable option, and they would never contract out of a top ten market. And the move to Newark, like, like look, let's. There was a report in the New York Post that like it was still being talked about amongst front office people. It was one of those reports. It was like, look, the buzz in the suites is like, okay, bro. Like, you know, I don't even know who that is, who the buzz is coming from in the suites. The other thing is like, I fully believe, fully believe that the Sixers will threaten to move, but only to get a new arena and they will get a new arena. They will. There's no way that Josh Harris wants to sit here paying rent to Comcast. He doesn't. Like... The money coming from buying a team comes from owning a venue. That's where most of the money is coming from. you got to own the venue. That's why he bought the Devils. And it's why the Sixers were so cheap. So what Newark does is it gives him a card to play. You know, it gives him a, a hand. And I, I, I think the plan is, is like, let's build something really significant over the next couple of years. Make people excited about the team here. And then threaten to leave so we can get a new building. That would be my yeah. guess. That would be that. Yeah, I'm on board with that. But but to move from this market to a crowded like North Jersey market, you know, I just like just because they own the building, I don't think so. I and I think Philadelphia would be silly to let them go and not like find funding for a building somewhere. Just you know, it's look the Wells Fargo Center is not new. You know, it's been around here. It's been around twenty years. Like it's not like state of the art anymore, and they're it's not their building. So I think it's you know I think it's possible for them to to be part of a new building. Okay, so we have ten minutes left before I have to leave the studio. Would you like a short discussion on the wheel before the jigsaw? Yeah, let's do a couple minutes. Okay, so the wheel. In case anyone didn't notice, you know, just Google it and then listen to this part because I don't want to take the time in explaining it. I basically agree with Bauman in that like. Like, here's my thing on this, is that, like, the notion of competitive balance in the NBA is a, uh, it's like, it doesn't, it can't happen. There's not enough great players. You need a great player. I don't care how you design all of this. Like, you're not going to have, it's never going to be the NFL. It's never going to be hockey. It's never going to be baseball. It's never going to be a situation in which, like, a team that isn't that good or, you know, or wasn't good all year is going to come across and win Hang on one second. Hang on. What? Oh, is he sick? Just yeah. by myself? Like, oh, Barkham? Yeah. Yeah. You're cool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank okay. You. Yeah. No sweat. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I got to go on the air on WIP in 10 minutes. Cool. Because Ike Reese is sick. Um, so I don't know. Um, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. We can even leave this in there. Um, and we'll, uh, if I have time later, or if, if we have a minute, we'll, we'll see if we can throw something else in there. We'll do a bonus jigsaw or something. Um, but I got to wrap it up because I got to go now. Okay. All right. I love you. I'll see you. Later. I'll see you. Like I said, won't you head, son, don't take a second. Check it out now. Come on while I wreck it. Like I said,